Imagine, the date is November 22nd, 1963. Your name is Lee Harvey Oswald. You're in Dallas attempting to assassinate the President of the United States. You heard he was riding in an open roof vehicle through the streets. You're in the Texas store. You're in the Texas School Board Depository, and you clutch your rifle, aiming at President John F. Kennedy. You prepare to fire, but at the last second, something distracts you: a mirror or a woman's necklace below. You still fire, but instead of hitting Kennedy, you hit the president's car, specifically the wheel. Before you can fire a second shot, the Secret Service takes the president to a second car. This a military vehicle. The president is out for the day. A few hours later, you're arrested and charged with attempted murder under Texas law. You'll be sentenced to life in prison in a local prison in Dallas County on December 13, 1963. Welcome to Imagine If, the alternate history podcast. I'm your host, Brody Burton. aftermath of the JFK assassination, Lyndon Baines Johnson, former Texas Senator and sitting Vice President, would take the oath of office on Air Force One in Texas airspace. After JFK was assassinated, the many scandals that had been brewing under the covers of the JFK administration weren't dared to be brought to life. This caused John F. Kennedy's popular successor, Lyndon B. Johnson, to win in, in, the, in a 1964 election in a landslide. However, it was not for a lack of competition. Arizona Senator, and in many ways the founder of the modern conservative movement, Barry Goldwater, was the Ronald Reagan before there was a Ronald Reagan. Goldwater won the Republican nomination for the presidency in 1964 after winning seven of the 16 primaries. Barry Morris Goldwater was born on January 2, 1909 in Phoenix, the capital of what was then the Arizona Territory. He was a second-generation immigrant after his Polish-Jewish grandparents on his paternal side moved to the U.S. from Great Britain after they had previously lived in Russia. His maternal family was descended from Roger Williams, an Episcopalian theologian and founder of Rhode Island. He attended Staunton Military Academy in Virginia after doing poorly in high school in Arizona as a freshman. He served in the Arizona Air Force in World he served in the Air Force in World War II, flying supplies in Asia. He also served in the Arizona National Guard. He was elected to the United States Senate in 1952, representing his home state of Arizona. His election was by all means an upset as he defeated Ernst McFarland, the Democratic Senate Majority Leader. His 1964 presidential campaign had the support of Ronald Reagan, future 40th President of the United States, and Prescott Bush, father of George H.W. Bush, at the time a candidate for the United States Senate in Texas, and future 41st President of the United States and Vice President under previously stated Reagan. Although he lost the 1964 election, it was the beginning of the end for the New Deal coalition as five southern states, which had traditionally voted blue, flipped. One good example of this was in Alabama, where in more only 20 years prior, FDR had won nearly 100% of the vote, and now Goldwater had won 87%. He remained popular in Arizona, and he was elected 
to the Senate again in 1968 and would stay there through 1987, where he chose not to re run to re for re-election because of the close election results six years prior. He died in 1998 of Alzheimer's disease in Paradise Valley, Arizona. Goldwater was and is seen as the founder of the leader of the conservative movement alongside Reagan. But the results in the 1964 election might make it seem like the campaign was doomed from the start. To this point, Goldwater is known to have said after the election, we would have lost even if Abraham Lincoln had come back and campaigned with us. So how would Goldwater win if, if even if Abraham Lincoln was still alive while campaigning for him, still would have resulted, resulted in a loss? Were Goldwater to be elected, the nation would have had three presidents in 14 months. This was far more than had been in living memory for anyone in the United States, and the last time anything even remotely comparable happened was in the death of William Henry Harrison, only a month after he became president. So, in addition to this mourning period for Kennedy's recent assassination, the overwhelming thought of having three presidents in 14 months and the message of instability would send, he also could have won if he had voted in favor of the 1964 Civil Rights Act, which he had opposed on the grounds that it would interfere with private employment. So maybe, if John F. Kennedy was never assassinated, thanks to the butterflies, Goldwater might have a chance. John F. Kennedy survived his, his attempted assassination by Lee Harvey Oswald. However, in early 1964, Marilyn Monroe committed suicide. This was significant because she said goodbye to Kennedy in the note. This caused an ugly divorce and saw John F. Kennedy's approval rating go down the garbage chute as the 1964 election approached. Goldwater won an election landslide over Kennedy, with Kennedy only carrying Hawaii, Rhode Island, Washington, D.C., and his home state of Massachusetts. Goldwater began his presidency by ratifying the Civil Rights Act of 1965. This upset many of his supporters in the Deep South, however most had seen this was on the way out. But a controversial group, led by George Wallace, fought against this. The tone put off by Wallace were many in both the Democratic and Republican parties. Wallace announced his candidacy for the presidency in 1966. He attempted to run on the Democratic Party's ticket, but Herbert Humphrey and Eugene McCarthy brought, blocked his path to the nomination. Humphrey and McCarthy were nominated in opposition to the Goldwater-Smith ticket. The Democrats hoped they could win by highlighting that Goldwater had selected a woman as his vice president. They hoped this could cause more conservative voters to come their way and they could hit Goldwater on both sides. This failed. Miserably. In the 1968 ele presidential election, Goldwater won by a margin unseen since the 19th century. He won all 50 states and the District of Columbia. The electoral vote was anonymously in his favor, the first time such had happened since James Monroe's election in 1820. Goldwater pursued other items while in office as well tax reform alleviating the Vietnam War, but his presidency was limited to eight years. 
1972 came around, the Republicans and the Democrats needed a new nominee. The Republican Party was split between Vice President Margaret Chase Smith and California Governor Ronald Reagan. However, Smith won the nomination over Reagan in a close race, and she made Reagan the vice presidential nominee to keep the party united. The Democrats attempted to launch a comeback with George McGovern, with a George McGovern, George Wallace ticket. Smith soundly defeated McGovern and became the first female president ever in 1972. The Democratic Party began to get desperate. Since 1952, the Democrats had only won a single election, that of JFK. The Republicans' near monopoly on the White House and control of Congress seemed unbreakable. Furthermore, President Smith had pulled troops out of Vietnam, finally ending the conflict. This brought her approval rating to 97%. In 1976, Jimmy Carter attempted to oppose Smith, but the Democratic Party was revealed in 1975 to be on the verge of bankruptcy. Carter won his home state of Georgia in 1976, as well as the District of Columbia. That was all. Smith's term came to an end in 1980, where Ron Reagan became the Republican nominee. He selected George H.W. Bush as his vice president. The Democrats did not nominate a candidate in 1980. The party had fallen apart. A few senators, such as Senator Joseph Biden from Delaware, started the Liberal Party in an attempt to oppose Reagan in a serious capacity. However, the party never really caught on. Reagan knew that if he was to secure his party's dominance and the general dominance of conservatism over the next several decades, his vice president, George H.W. Bush, would have to be ready for the responsibility. Reagan's term ended on a bang when, in 1987, the Soviet Union collapsed. George H.W. Bush was elected president in 1988 with Bob Dole as vice president. He served until 1997 when Bob Dole and Newt Gingrich took over. When Gingrich inevitably took over in 2005, a serious opposition candidate had come up from the liberal side. Barack Obama had begun working with independent senators and liberal Republicans in the Senate to finally break the Republicans' dominance of the last 40 years. In 2008, Barack Obama and Elizabeth Warren ran against Newt Gingrich and Mitt Romney. This ticket resulted in the narrow election of Barack Obama, who revived the Democratic Party to become the first Democrat in the White House since Kennedy. His election in 2012 against this time Mitt Romney and Ted Cruz resulted in him being the first Democrat re-elected since Roosevelt. In 2016, however, Elizabeth Warren faced off against Donald Trump, the surprise winner of the 2016 primaries, and his candidate, Ted Cruz. This ticket narrowly defeated the Warren-Clinton ticket, the first all-woman ticket in history. Today, incumbent President Trump, Donald Trump faces a serious challenge from Bernie Sanders and Pete Buttigieg, two Democrats who want to ensure history will not, be see, will not see Barack Obama's election as a flu.